Welcome to classical guitar around the world. There are guitar enthusiasts, and then there is Kevin Collins. Kevin has been called warm and entertaining by a New York Times music critic, as well as the American Segovia. Join us now for a journey through the world of classical guitar. Now, here's your host, Kevin Collins. Welcome to Classical Guitar Around the World. This is Kevin Collins on the Voice of America Variety Network. Today I'm talking to Rene Izquierdo. Rene teaches at the University of Wisconsin at Milwaukee, and he's a native of Cuba, or as we say, Cuba. How did you make the path from Cuba to Milwaukee, Rene? Well, it's a long story. Um, I was, um, first of all, thank you, Kevin, for having me. It's a pleasure. I was going to actually perform uh, in a competition, the Tarrega International Guitar Competition in Madrid. I did a scale stop in Mexico, in Cancun, actually. And then from Cancun, I just never took the connection flight that took me to Spain, <laughs> stayed in Mexico, and then found my way to the United States. I have family already living in Miami, and I had a, a visa entry for the United States. So um, it took a little bit of finagling because back then, to get out of Cuba, you needed a permit. And that was difficult to obtain, especially because of my age group. The chances that I will not return were very high, and they were correct. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, uh, June 9, 1995 was a Friday. I arrived in Miami at 8 p.m., and haven't looked back ever since. You know, I miss my country, obviously, but there's a lot of world still yet to see, to be seen. Well, you have a very so. interesting travel log on your Facebook. I see you've been to China and to Spain. Uh, we have mutual friends all over the world. Lisa has been telling me I should ask you how you met your wife. Is that Elena? Um, we met at Yale University, and uh, I was finishing my master's degree, and she was actually coming in as a new student from Minsk, Belarus. She actually came, again, another story, a little long to just tell in, in a few words, but she was working in a camp counselor's USA. When the border opened, well, let's say when the, you know, the whole perestroika started, they were offering some opportunity. There was a flute student teaching at that same camp in New Jersey that was a student doing his second year at Yale. And he just called, told her to come and, you know, visit Yale campus and meet Ben Berdry. And one thing led to the next. So she ended up, Ben ended up taking her downstairs as well, like start initiating all her paperwork for having her as a student here. So we met there and we didn't date until like a whole year after that. You know, we had something in common, you know, both came from socialist background and we kind of understood each other so one thing led to the next and we've been married already almost for 20 years and now you have a house full of guitars that's correct <laughs> <laughs> from both ends <laughs> yes that's correct do you talk shop when you sit down for dinner do you uh, do you talk shop we we cannot avoid it you know but like uh, we try to try to specifically talked about other subjects as well. But generally, it always ended up being about how our day went and who was playing what and, you know, how the students are progressing, when is the next concert, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just always about that. We both love it, so it's not, we cannot deny that. It's a marriage on every level. 
Yes, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's been great. We both, actually, I started the program at UWM in 2004 and Elena came and joined me in 2005 because we were living in, after we finished uh, Yale, we both lived in New York City and we were actually doing quite well there. And when they offered me the job in Milwaukee, I wasn't sure if it was going to work out or not. So I asked her to stay one year behind, to stay there with the job and our apartment. So in case things didn't, didn't pan out, I can always like go back and don't start from scratch. It worked out. So at the end, at 2005, she joined me and she was the director of the pre-college and the Suzuki guitar program. And then eventually started taking on other classes like guitar history, guitar pedagogy, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that's quite a combination. Yes. <laughs> yes, I should say. They got, uh, they got the full deal, huh? They got, yeah, the two-for-one package. <laughs> And recently, actually, when numbers started dwindling a little bit because of, you know, the crisis all over that we've been having, not only prior COVID, she decided to do the doctoral degree at Northwestern. So she finished us in a year and a half already, her DMA at Northwestern, as well as she was teaching at UWM. That's serious hard work. That's, That's right. That's a lot. <laughs> Let's take a minute and listen to Elena Chacon and Rene Esquierdo. Duo Exaudi playing Scarlatti Sonata L108. This is Kevin Collins on classical guitar around the world. I'll be right back.
Welcome back to Classical Guitar Around the World. This is Kevin Collins on the Voice America Variety Network. We just listened to Elena Chacon and Rene Izquierdo duo Exaudi playing the Scarlatti Sonata 108. Welcome back, Rene. So how do you like Milwaukee? It's not exactly a sunny place most of the year. Actually, you'd be surprised. Well, it's a lot better than Michigan because the lake effect always comes from west and they get they get the snow we actually get surprisingly many sunny days and when they are sunny they are very very cold so you know beware when it's sunny the temperatures drop considerably but we like it it's you know um, the people in the midwest are more you know remember we came from new york city before <laughs> so the people in the, uh, are a little bit more down to earth like slower pace of life in you know which is not necessarily a, a bad thing depending on what you're looking for the university has provided us a great um, platform to work and create there was no guitar program here so we created our curriculum from scratch and and actually adapted all the things that we thought would be needed in nowadays uh, as for a guitarist to succeed <laughs> well, well I shouldn't say succeed to have a chance an opportunity a fair opportunity to have a career and as, as I travel the world I'm very curious about the way they approach the instrument they teach it and I'm trying to incorporate as many of those elements that I see fit in our program here so when you talk about studying in Paris, that brings a lot of images of romance and <laughs> cafe and... The yeah, a Cote de la Cien, <laughs> next to the river. Actually, it was a wonderful time in my life. Um, that was in 1999 to 2000, that, that calendar year. I remember I lived every month. I would move through different neighborhoods of Paris so I could just, you know, learn what was around it. So I lived in Montmartre. I lived in uh, north of Gare du Nord. I lived on the Ducien in the second neighborhood, arrondissement, and the Septième. Like, so I moved all around. So I could experience Paris at different levels. And I had a very small room, no TV, nothing, just enough, a bed and a little shower and... I would just practice guitar, and when I got tired, I would just go and walk the streets of Paris, which was wonderful. That's really quite an experience. And then I understand you spent some time in Spain. That's one of my favorite places, and Lisa tells me of the time that you were playing, and there was a parade of street musicians, and some was blues, and some was flamenco, and how you were able to pick up each of the styles as though you had been practicing with them. And how did you pick up that ability to just pick up different styles off the cuff? Well, well, first thing, I, I did not start playing guitar as a classical guitarist. I was just learning how to play Cuban songs and, you know, learning to improvise a little bit on top and all kind of things. And then I started really thinking about classical music just because I was curious about reading and, and notation and how to improve and get a little bit of the background. But Cuban music is very, I learned by ear many of the songs. So you had to pick that up by ear. And by doing so, you develop that ability of, of understanding pitch notes and how to find them in the guitar, which to this day is still very helpful. And my solfeggio is actually quite good. I don't have perfect pitch, but I have a very good, you know, relative pitch. You know, when I play, I can name all the notes if I need to. So that kind of helps when you're listening to find your way around the, the fingerboard and just by doing it a lot. I'm going to play a track now from Renee's new CD, Cuba in Alma, on Barros Record. This is Cuba in the Soul. This is Danza Lukumi. This is Kevin Collins on classical guitar around the world. I'll be right back. Mm -hmm. 
Welcome back to Classical Guitar Around the World. This is Kevin Collins on the Voice America Variety Network. Today we're talking to Rene Izquierdo and listening to tracks from his new CD, Cuba in the Soul. We're going to go to break now. I hope you'll join us on the other side for more music and more talk. I'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. listening to classical guitar around the world with kevin collins to find out more about the program visit our website at classicalguitarworld.net that's classicalguitarworld.net now back to the show welcome back to classical guitar around the world this is kevin collins on the voice america variety network today we're talking to renee izquierdo professor of classical guitar at the wisconsin state university in milwaukee renee graduated from the rodan conservatory in havana and then earned a master of music from yale university renee has just released a cd of cuban music called cuba and alma or cuba in the soul Welcome back, Renee. Why don't you tell a little bit about your new CD, Renee, Cuba and the Soul? Well, I just released a new CD, Cuba and el Alma, with Battles Record, which I'm pretty happy about. Um, when I was about to record my first CDs many years ago, I was very close friends with Jorge Morel, and I was getting all ready to play the Rodrigo Tres Piezas Españolas and all this, you know, the kind of repertoire that I feel that I need to make a mark and show people what I can do. And then I remember Jorge Morel telling me, but why are you doing that? Like, how many more recordings do we need of, you know, Invocation and Dance and uh, Tres Piezas Españolas? Why don't you play something that is unique for you? And and I thought about it like this, like, you know, I guess I should play some Cuban music in that. And then that all got accelerated into 2007 when Elio Fist made the Boston Guitar Fest that year was a Latin country. And then one day was a Cuba day. And in that day, I played together with Walking Kurt an entire program of Cuban music, which I'd never done in my life because I would just play one or two Cuban pieces, but then the rest was, you know, our standard repertoire. Then I found a new yearning for that because I've been already out of Cuba since 1995. So that was a way to reconnect with the music. And what I'm going with this is like, I will actually, I'm in several projects of recording different things now, but I keep getting asked to record. So I record, I released the first album of all Cuba music and then Battle Record asked me to release another album of Cuba music, which is doing quite well. And I don't know, there are many things in that CD that are beautiful. It's depending of, of what you would like to, to play. I, I would say considering some of the small pieces by Nico Rojas, El Jardín de Mi Casa, Induce y Alfonso, which are pieces that are not known really outside of Cuba very much. Uh, Nico Rojas belonged to the Cuban feeling movement. He actually played guitar by ear. He was a civil engineer and, and his music was learned by oral tradition for many years until Martin Pedreira, one of the Cuban pedagogues, took it upon himself to do a whole project of transcriptions of his music and put it into writing And before he passed away in 2008. Some of this music, I think, is quite significant because what happened 
during the dry law in the United States, a lot of casinos and the resurgence of American tourism that will go there to drink and gamble and, you know, entertain themselves. And then when that happened, the casinos started hiring jazz bands from the United States to come and play in Havana. And that's how jazz got introduced in Havana. And that's the whole saying of Gillespie that said, we gave you the jazz, but we came back with the conga and Latin jazz was born. So the feeling movement came right after the big band boom, which is precisely what usually happened in history, was the exact opposite. The big band was about volume, you know, Benny Moret, the big jazz bands. And then the feeling was a songwriter, guitar type of situation, as minimal as you could be. And Nico Rojas belonged to that genre. And the guitar, one more intimate than guitar can you get with voice. It's very personal, you know, his music, he didn't write anything with lyrics, but all his music was instrumental, but quite a seal of Cuban music. Let's play another track from Renee's new album, Cuba and Al Alma, on Barros Records. This is Jasmine de Mikasa. This is Kevin Collins on classical guitar around the world. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Classical Guitar Around the World. We're listening to Jasmine de Mikasa from the new CD by Rene Izquierdo, Cuba and El Alma on Barros Records. What has life in the time of Zoom been like, Rene? I'd like to introduce Mila Pedron, guitarist. This is her audition for the Altamira competition. This is Kevin Collins on Classical Guitar Around the World. I'll be right back.
Welcome back to Classical Guitar Around the World. This is Kevin Collins on the Voice America Variety Network. We're listening to Millet Padron in her in audition for the Altamira Competition. Today we're talking to Rene Izquierdo, guitar professor at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and a native of Cuba. One of my favorite parts of this show is to ask people how they came to the guitar. How did you get the arrow through the heart, Rene? Can you remember your first real piece, the one that grabbed you? Actually, what grabbed me was not even a piece. It was a concert in 1984 by the Greek guitarist Kostas Kotsiolis. And Kotsiolis, I was nine years old, and my father took me. My father loved guitar. He's a biologist, but he loved guitar and played uh, a little. And I guess he was working his angle very smoothly uh, to see if I actually wanted to do that. for a living and well not for a living if i actually yeah. wanted to learn guitar so i remember going to that concert and it was one of the main halls in havana the trato nacional the national theater and sala covarrubias which was a smaller little venue that was great for guitar and cotsiolis was playing a program there and i remember he played some Bach, the eternal spiral i don't even know how i remember those pieces but i know he played them And and I remember that I was kind of bored. Just a guy with a guitar there. There was not a lot to entice a nine years old kid. But then he played the Black the Cameron by Leo Brower. And I got goosebumps everywhere. It was like this experience that I, it took me completely by surprise. And I remember telling my father after the concert, I would like to be able to do to other people what just happened to me. And he was, of course, very seriously didn't react to that. Like very smoothly. He just, in a couple of days, I had a guitar at home. And my mother actually was a Cuban ballerina. So my mother was not very pro into me doing music. She knows how difficult art and how much time and dedication it takes. It's like a long, like uphill battle. your entire life to maintain your skills. It's a beautiful battle, but it's still nonetheless a difficult career. I was very good in physics and she wanted me to have nothing to do with music, but at the end, music won the battle. So my father recorded um, the concert was advertising in public, I think in radio, and he had one of these tapes uh, recorders. And I listened to that concert probably every other night for a full year when I was going to bed. I would put it there and I would just dream of playing this piece. And then, of course, he started giving me other. I remember we had a long play from Louise Walker from 1978. That was amazing that she played Ruiz Pipo. She plays Sweet Antigua. Brazilian composer, I cannot remember now the name. Uh, she played Turina Sonata, Ruiz Pipo, Cancion y Danza, Villalobos Etude, Sweet Antigua by Guido Santorsola. I remember liking that CD quite a lot. Of course, Segovia, we had a couple of long plays. Brower was just an inspiration for all of us because the festival took place every two years. It was like a fresh input of information from everywhere around the world, from all the guest artists that were his friends and he would bring to the festival. And Alvaro Pierri, Eduardo Fernandez, David Russell, Ellie Kastner used to come. That was my first masterclass, actually, was with Ellie Kastner from Canada. And we, I remember absorbing as much as we could from that information, as well as seeing the masterclasses, the concerts, all the events that happened around the festival. It was a very big breeding ground for Cuban Guitar School. And you can actually witness several guitarists that came out of that generation, that we all are all over the place in the world, but we actually playing and having a concert career of some sort. Let's listen to another track from your new CD, Cuba and Al Alma, on Barros Records, Cuba in the Soul. This is Rene Izquierdo, and he's playing Mirandot. This is Kevin Collins on Classical Guitar Around the World. I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back to Classical Guitar Around the World. We're listening to Mirando by René Izquierdo. René is a professor of guitar at the University of Wisconsin, where he and his wife, Elena Chacon, have made a life for themselves in the guitar. We're going to go to break now. Please join me on the other side for more music and conversation with René Izquierdo. This is Kevin Collins on Classical Guitar Around the World on the Voice America Variety Network. See you on the other side. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Classical Guitar Around the World with Kevin Collins. To find out more about the program, visit our website at classicalguitarworld.net. That's classicalguitarworld.net. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Classical Guitar Around the World. This is Kevin Collins on the Voice America Variety Network. Today we're talking with René Izquierdo. René is a Cuban-born guitarist, professor of guitar at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Welcome back, René. It's a whole other way of looking at music, not just how do you feel. You hear that a lot now. How did it feel? Yeah, but that, that brings a kind of interpretation that is more intuitive, and intuition is a not is a good tool to to have, but information is a better one. If you marriage information with intuition, then it justifies many of the choices that you will take. So it's important to have that knowledge base behind it. Otherwise, it it it, it could be random, and you know it could create other things that are not necessarily, uh, they were not meant to be embedded in the music in the first place. It helps if you've been to Spain and you've. Exactly. I do this workshop. I mean, Lisa told you probably not. Uh, like I do this workshop um, in the heart of the Camino de Santiago and the pilgrimage of the St. James, the way of St. James from Jean-Pierre de Poe all the way to Santiago de Compostela. And we actually uh, have, it's called Camino Artist Workshop. And we do it in Carrion de los Condes, which is right in the mid mark of the Camino. You still have 404 kilometers to go to Santiago from there. And... It's a difficult part of the Camino mentally because it's kind of flat, but I mean, you have the wheat fields, you have everything around. So you get an experience of the culture, the culinary experience. You, so you can understand how to perform En Los Trigales by Joaquin Rodrigo a little bit better. And, you know, many of the canon of, of, of Spanish composers of music of the classical guitar in the 20th century and 21st century. So it's very meaningful to actually have that. Um, we organize this workshop. So, you know, I've always been going through festivals for many years. And the festivals, is they're all oriented in, around the guest artists. You have the guest artists, and then this, the participants will have one or two master classes during the week. And perhaps they will organize a concert at the end of the week. And I wanted to do something completely different. So it was more focused on the students. So... And the students will actually will be the ones performing the concerts for the pilgrims. So we do free concerts. They walk east to west and we play west to east in these churches from the 13th century, 12th century. One of the churches are where the, the Cantigas de Santa Maria were actually done. 
in the, in the 12th century by Alfonso X the Wise. Um, meaning that they come, they actually perform every day. They have daily lessons and they also perform every day. So at the end, next day I will come, okay, I will talk to them about what worked and what didn't in the concert and how can we address this and work on it. And then they will have later that day another performance. So they can, it's a way of learning how to interact and how to perform versus just playing like a student in which you have all this material that you learn and then you just perform one jury at the end of the semester. And that's it, which is not no more. This is not really teaching you how to be a performer. Let's listen to another track from your new CD, Rene. This is Dulce y Alfonso from Cuba en el Alma on Barros Records, performed here by Rene Izquierdo. This is Kevin Collins on classical guitar around the world. I'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back. This is Kevin Collins on classical guitar around the world. We're listening to Rene Izquierdo perform Dulce y Alfonso on his new CD, Cuba en el Alma, on Barros Records. Today we're going to talk about the new age of COVID, what life is after COVID, when everything went online. It's a whole new world. But, you know, anyone nowadays can record in anywhere and create and, and have a product and put it out. It's very accessible to do that. That's why I'm thinking that with way out of the CDs, CDs are going on the, out. Now computers don't even have the, the slots to put CDs in. And people will still record live uh, MP3 yeah, in the cloud. <laughs> but I think it will get substituted by videos. So people will see the craft being made, people performing, which it will also, I think, will be positive. It's another COVID maybe related thing that will happen in which videos will take place for and then instead of like recording full albums you will release more like singles ideas like the old 45 that have Segovia playing one or two songs in one part and then the other side another two songs and that went all around the world so I think we're going back to a little bit of of that let's listen to another track from Rene Izquierdo's new CD Cuba en el Alma on Barros Records this is Son de Barrio if you are a Cuban dancer you know the Son this is Son del Barrio, performed here by Rene Izquierdo. This is Kevin Collins on classical guitar around the world. 
I'll be right back. Welcome back to Classical Guitar Around the World. This is Kevin Collins, and that was Son del Barrio, performed by René Izquierdo. It was a real pleasure talking to you today, René. This is a 90-minute interview. Our listeners are just getting the tip of the iceberg. We talked about food and places and people and the smells that you associate. It's just the whole world. You just can't separate the guitar from the fabric of life. COVID's been a... Uh, very powerful force in the arts. Uh, like you say, festivals, concerts have all gone online, and it's been a time when people all over the world got to meet each other and make friends. Just a simple Zoom call is like sitting in the same room these days. Do you feel like Zoom and online is going to be a new venue in the future, that online festivals will continue? Well, you know, um, these have actually accelerated a process, definitely. I, I I think it made the world even smaller uh, and the ability to communicate and 
I don't think this will ever substitute live performances, but big festivals have seen the change of revenue because uh, now people don't necessarily have to travel to the festivals, so they can save money and budget in traveling. And what most likely will happen is I don't think we will go back to the old ways. It's, it's hard to go back to the old ways after this. There will be a new normal. And for example, what I see like competitions like Altamira, for example, they used to have 30 competitors registering, maybe 40 to 50. Um, last year, last summer, they had 119. And this year they had like close to 150, you know, or even more. Actually, I've been doing, I started in, was it 2012 or 13? I don't remember. Uh, the Wilson Center Guitar Competition. Uh, Kate Wilson is a f famous uh, entrepreneur and very lover, uh, loved the arts and support the arts here in Milwaukee. And her family has this uh, Wilson Center for the Performing Arts in west of Milwaukee. And she got together uh, with me, we do and dinner, said, what can we do to make something happen here? Uh, and I think it was me and Daryl Sturmer, the guitarist from Phil Collins. So they wanted to do not only a classical guitar competition, but a multi-style guitar competition. And back then, we already started rigging on the benefits of having the first round to be a YouTube submission. And then semifinalists and finalists will come in person to the festival. And it has been working. And then COVID just made that even more obvious. Because then the kids have participated for the semifinals or finals, they already know that they have a shot or something and the odds are a lot greater. So I think there will still be some concerts online, but the need for contact, for human contact and the live concert experience that is not substituted by any Zoom or YouTube live cannot substitute it, but it will give reach to other people that otherwise wouldn't have access to it, to the local concerts, you know, like when we do concerts at the Milwaukee Classical Guitar Society. This year we have people from all over the world watching the concerts. Thank you, Renee. I like to end my show with a piece that most people can play in the first year. This is Lagrima by Terega, performed here by Renee Izquierdo. This is Kevin Collins on classical guitar around the world. I'll be right back.
Welcome back to Classical Guitar Around the World. That was Lagrima by Torrega, performed by René Izquierdo. This is the end of my pilot series. Well, congratulations. That's great. You know, like any effort to promote art, guitar, music is a, a great endeavor. So congratulations for that. And thank you for, for putting that effort on that part. Because it's sad because, you know, some of the things are worth getting that much attention. But there are a lot of things that are passing unnoticed and they should actually take a place. Thank you for joining me on Classical Guitar Around the World. This is Kevin Collins on the Voice America Variety Network. Today we're talking to classical guitarist Rene Izquierdo about his new CD, Cuba and El Alma, on Barros Records. I hope you join me next week as we have more conversation and music and more classical guitar around the world. I'll see you soon. for tuning in to this week's edition of Classical Guitar Around the World. Kevin Collins and another one of his amazing guests will continue our discussion next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Won't you join us then? 